A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hello and welcome to Wrestle Ramble. This is Luke Owen. I'm Ollie Davis, and today we're going to be reviewing this week's episodes of Raw and SmackDown, including another US title change, Chris Jericho's return, and what might be the best storyline in WWE right now. If you want to go to any of those discussions right away, or a particular review of Raw or SmackDown, or what we decided was better, click the timestamps in the video description below, or stick right here where we're going to talk about podcasts yes we because we are now a podcast this is a podcast format hey do you guys know what a podcast is it's this fantastic new audio only thing that i can have on my phone that i can download and listen offline off the grid i could go camping what like when you're going to work slash college slash school or something like that insert other place here where you can't just watch youtube yeah you could sneakily put some headphones in have it on your phone and not listen to or do what you're meant to be doing and just do you ever used to do that at school yeah oh, oh absolutely the... yeah I, I mean i listened to that's how i listened to most of uh issues by corn was uh just on my cd player headphones through that's, that's 2000 that's 2000 for you i'm glad corn have come up <laughs> You don't hear really? that every day. You don't, do Well, because you? after me and my lady partner had a bit of a a binge of, mm. nor- of that particular style of music from the noughties nice. on Friday evening, because, of course, Chester, what's his name? Chester sadly Bennington, passed sadly away, passed away, uh, R.I.P. For, for, of Lincoln Park fame. And we mm. were like, because I, I wasn't a Lincoln Park guy. I just thought they did good music, but I wasn't into them. Whereas my lady partner had the albums so oh, it was right. like let's listen to a few and then oh no what's this in the suggested videos is that creed my sacrifice oh don't know that song's the awful. song that was used in the promo package for summer slam 2000 my lady partner didn't care about that but i explained how good that pay-per-view was anyway and uh we watched that video where he's have you do you remember this video I, I, the, my my memory of creed my sacrifice is that you say it was used for the promo package for SummerSlam 2000 it was used in a lot of video packages especially when someone died or was leaving it's, it was my sacrifice it's, it's a great song <laughs> it's not a great I, song that was uh that that song is actually quite important to me because that's when i first realized the world doesn't work the way <clears throat> i want it to because that was we were in the uk that was an american song it was a rare instance of where i heard a song before most of my contemporaries or people that i went to school with i was like well when this song is released over here it's so good (laughs) it's obviously going to go to the top of the uk (laughs) charts you know because i I, I hadn't quite separated what i thought was good for what the mainstream thinks is good and uh and my sister said you're an idiot 
that's not going to happen. And your sister is someone who knows, as someone who well, ob- yeah. obsessed over the charts. And uh, I was like, well, no, it's going to happen. Three months later, when it was finally released, I was waiting for it. Didn't even feature in the top 40. Of course it didn't. The song's awful. I remember <laughs> going down to like the last two and I thought, I don't think it's going to be in there because the the song that was number one last week is probably going to now be number one because it hasn't featured yet. Yeah. And I just like, that was a real like, I am out of step with most of mainstream culture. Uh, I didn't like that song. Although, ah! although I was, um, I, I the summer of 1999, heavily soundtracked by uh, Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. Uh, my friends and I, 13 years old, uh, used to listen to that and play video games. Mm-hmm. That's that summer was soundtracked by like Linkin Park, Rob Zombie, because uh, he'd released Hellbilly Deluxe the previous year, CKY's Volume One. Um, of course, who went on to become Jackass? They did yes. indeed. Yes, I think because Jackass came out in '99 as well, and they just uh, Bam Margera had just released like their first. I think he did it in '98. Mm. Um, but I got I picked up the album in '99, so it's like those were like the three big albums of wow. of, of that summer. Oh, what a great summer it was as well. Yeah, well, like... A lot of Smash Brothers on the N64. Oh, yeah, go around a friend's house. I was always Kirby, so I was always kind of floating away from everyone. Yeah. Wait for it. Big attack. <laughs> well, Float when, away again. A few years later, when uh, uh, Smash Brothers Melee came out, mm. uh, my friends and I, we used to, like, get... We'd unlocked all the characters, so then we would just go around to his house, put on some tunes. By that point, we'd, we'd gotten to some more albums. I'd gone off Linkin Park by that point, but... Rob Zombie was still heavily featured, as was CKY. Queens of the Stone Age were oh, yes. heavily played. Pantera, Slayer was on there as well. And then you would uh, just take your uh, little coin where you select and you move it into the blank spaces because if you pressed A, it's randomly selected a character. So we would just randomly select characters until we had played, each of us had played every single character. By chance. By chance. And then we just I'd, I'd always made random matchups. Oh, what a summer that was. We used to leave school, because like, I was in uh, year 11. Uh, no, I was in sixth form by that point. So I was allowed to leave school whenever I wanted. So we were like, oh, well, we've got IT later on this afternoon, but we could just go around to Graham's house now, and we could just put some tunes on and play Smash Brothers. Isn't spare time wonderful? <laughs> it really Where was. Where does that go? It's why I didn't do that well in my A-levels. Yeah, so so corn, of course. But weird, like, you, you, you sound like you went a bit harder. Than I did. Yeah, you I went mean, down the Slayer Pantera route. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was, was uh, Alien Ant Farm. Oh, Alien Pant Farm. Uh, no, okay, Alien Pant Farm is, is what we used to call them. We used to, I used to love Fat Factory, Fear Factory, and we used to call them Fat Factory just because it was a funny way. It's funny, yeah. exactly. Megadeth. We used to call them Mega Dave because um, Dave Mustaine was the lead singer, so Mega Dave was a funnier way, a funnier name to call them. Classic, classic Cla- gags. Cla- classic teenage years. But Corn were that was my jam in the uh, in the mid nineties. Corn's first album in particular was my jam. I made the mistake of buying a Corn album as a kid, which was a big um, a big thing because they, you know, it was like two three weeks of me paper rounding and saving up money and uh because they're like 14 pounds 13.99 is mm. how much uh 50 dollars probably <laughs> in america at the time and I, I bought it off the strength of you bought um uh, uh, leash. yeah yeah so you bought a uh, follow the leader did not like any of the other songs on that album. Follow the Leader is not a great album, no. Like, Korn, it's, it's, you, you're looking at the first album, which, wall-to-wall bangers. Mm-hmm. That's that's a flawless album. Uh, it's, it's a follow-up. It's not as great. Follow the Leader, I wasn't that keen on. But uh, Issues, the album that came after that, was... That was top-notch, mate. Much better than Untouchables, the album that came after that, which was oh, diabolically bad. I had bad. Untouchables as well. Diabolically yeah, bad album. You, maybe you, I just got the bad Corn. You albums. lucked out with Corn, mate. That was yeah. you, you took, picked some bad albums there. 
hey, but we've been listening to movies by Alien Ant Farm oh, every morning. A, that is a tune. That's, that, is, that is a banging tune. I think you need to go uppercase too. <laughs> that is a mega tune. That's a tune. Okay, that is enough rambling. <laughs> Do you th- subscribe on iTunes? You this get, is where this all started. You get more sort of chat like I this. I think we're probably on Stitcher by now as well, mm. which is another thing that people do. A-cast. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Raw. Raw started off with uh, Kurt coming out. I like the way how he came out and did the, the Greek chorus thing of just telling us everything that happened last week. Mm-hmm. Which usually is, I, you know, I don't like, but I can see why they do it. But we just had the promo package saying exactly what Kurt said. Yes. So that was a bit repetitive. Yeah. But he was like, with all that, and there was a bad finish to the match so of, of last week's main event. So... The person facing Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam is... Buron! Yeah. I want his Titantron to start with the time he came back with the ambulance. Oh, in fact, I want him to enter every time with an ambulance backing into the arena. But I also miss... And then he just does the arms up. But I also miss proper Titantrons. Oh, tell me about it. With, like, like videos and showing clips of them doing cool moves and stuff or doing poses. I've been I've been banging on about this forever. Yeah. Like, how the, the video itself was incorporated into the entrance. Taz's everything. Bloop. Yeah. Bloop. Jericho's. Jericho's. Oh, the, the, like, the, the pinball thing. Yeah. <laughs> Break the one, you know. DX with the the crossfader yeah. of the crowd the, and, uh, gave, gave people epilepsy. Yeah, when Undertaker was uh, the the first American badass, and you had yeah. that you effectively had the entirety of Limp Biscuits <laughs> rolling play out yeah. without the Ben Stiller intro in the car. Man. There's another one. Do you remember? No more Naughty's music. Do you remember when uh, he came back as American Badass and he had Rolling as his entrance music, and it was on the SmackDown game, and the big thing was like he comes down to the ring on the motorbike in the yeah, game. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then one of the joke uh, entrances that you could program to your custom character was they came down on a moped. Hilarious. Nice. I'm going to move your mic somewhere because it is popping a little bit. Oh, sorry. I do apologise. I'm not touching you. Yep, I'm touching the mics. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah, where were we? Braun came out and then he did the usual Samoa Joe came out next. I thought Joe's promo was the best of the bunch. Mm-hmm. He's a scary man. He certainly is. And then Roman came out. You you were impressed by Roman. You said with I, the well, shut up line. I it, was it's just, just I, I thought him. shut up just really made me laugh. It was and it was, it came out afterwards because like Roman's initial promo wasn't great because I, I don't know why I'm gonna move my microphone again because yeah. I, I feel like I'm breathing a bit too much into it. Um, but Heavy I th- breathing. <laughs> I think that the problem with Roman's promos is that they write this stuff for him, thinking like, I mean, this this makes him sound like a badass. But when he says it, people are like, oh, this is why I don't like you. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm a multi-time WWE champion. I retired The Undertaker. I was the... And I was like, yeah, dude, I, this is why I hate you, because you retired The Undertaker. You've headlined the last three WrestleManias. You'll probably get a headline next year as well, and I don't want to see that. But... When uh, they announced the four-way and then everyone was leaving but Braun was still like mouthing off, I just really laughed when Roman just went, dude, shut up, and then sucked him in the face. I It just came across to me as annoying, but I could see how it could go either way. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. Uh, but then, yeah, you had this epic brawl. What a brawl it which was. Which was a good brawl. I mean, have we? do we know the condition of that poor security lad that Braun threw into the Z, yeah. into Rose Z? Good, like, good lord, he flew. He threw him hither and yonder. So Braun had a security guard guy who's obviously a developmental wrestler of some sort and throws him over the top rope. So he clears the top rope. And I thought, 
Oh, there must be loads of people down there to catch him. Nope. He just landed on his shoulder. Oh, man. What a, brutal. what a rough landing. Yeah, yeah. What a ru- it's, it's bumps like that as well that really... Uh, they kind of downplay them when wrestlers do take bumps onto the ramp. So on Battleground, when they did like the double clothesline spot, uh, JVL was like, my God, man, that's steel concrete. And I'm like, well, it's an LED board, so it, yeah. it probably doesn't hurt as much as you say it does. It's not bamboo. <laughs> it's not going to hurt that bad. But when like that dude landed hard, I was like, oof, that's... Mm. Um, that was a hell of a bump to take. Yeah, and just another excellent spot given to Braun. He's they building him so well. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, everyone just just a, kicked the hell out of each other. Yeah, and but the thing was like, because this was an amazing brawl and a brilliant way to like open up Raw. But I will say that the problem with this brawl being so good is that everything that came after that for the next hour and a half, yeah, nearly to two hours, was pretty naff. Mm. Not just in comparison, just. So, I mean, I really enjoyed the, the Balor-Elias match, which we'll come on to shortly. But it's just like, that brawl was so great. I just kind of wish it didn't open the show. You know, it would be it would be brilliant on a two-hour show. Yes. Because then you wouldn't have to... You'd, you'd only have a little bit of a dip before you got back into the main event storylines. Whereas this, you've got... You know, you've essentially got an hour of filler for every Raw. Whereas mm. Cruiserweights, it's a bit of Nia Jax versus Emma. It's all these backstage bits. Enzo and, and Cass doing fodder. what they did on the pay-per-view yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So that, that is, that's another downside of the three-hour format. But we won't hark on about that. So yeah, it is it is uh, Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Fatal four-way for SummerSlam's main event. That should be a very fun match. A very physical match, that yeah. will be. Yeah, that's like a... That's such a heavyweight clash, isn't it? Just like yeah. that is that is a mean guy match. They mean did, guy match. They did a an episode That's a stipulation <laughs> it should in be. a mean guy. Match. <laughs> they did uh, on uh, ECW, the WWE ECW. I think it was like a Halloween special. They did uh, the Monster Mash Battle Royal, mm-hmm. where like they essentially like, like we're going to get the heaviest dudes all in one match doing a battle royal. So it was like Kane, Big Daddy V, the Great Carly. And someone else who I'm forgetting, and it was meant to be like this is the, the big su- show. The, uh, it might have been the big show, yeah. But like it's the super duper heavyweights doing a big mean guy match, but it was pretty naff. However, this this is a super duper heavyweight yeah. mean guy match that I'm like, oh yes, please, salivating well, at the because thought. They're all pretty athletic. Braun, like these are big guys who are very physically capable of doing kip ups. Like we've seen Braun Strowman do a kip up, albeit assisted with with uh, pulling up his arm. Uh, you know, Samoa Joe can leap up and do an Urinagi. Urinagi? No, an in, Enziguri. In, in, in Enziguri. Iravu. I feel like <laughs> Vic Reeves in Shooting Stars whenever I say something like that. Yeah, Urinagi. He does do the Urinagi. That's yeah. like the... Um, oh, the, the yeah. slam down. The slam down, yeah. Bray does uh, it as well. Yeah, it's weird. Like, Roman Reigns is the smallest guy in that match. Mm. That's a big, mean guy match. That's a big, mean guy match. I can't wait for it. Uh, but like you said, things did... T- it, wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just because it was average... It's that the averageness stuck out more because of that good well, opening. Here's the thing: like you recorded your raw review on a Tuesday as you normally do, and I I came into the studio, and the first thing you more or less said to me when you sat down was like, "I think I gave raw the wrong rating." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'll come on to that at the end because that's actually a good way to explain how I rate stuff. Yeah, because. Uh, yeah, so the next match was Elias Samson beating Finn Balor in a no-disqualification match mm-hmm. after the stray guitar shot last week on Balor. Absolutely. They went a long time. They went 20 minutes. Yeah, and I, the thing is, like, this match was really good, but it was coming off that really hot brawl. So 
Um, yeah, I don't feel like they it's they had to work very hard yeah. to kind of like to match up to what had just come previously. Uh, but it was I enjoyed it, but I really like Finn Balor, and I've been I've turned a corner on Elias Sampson like no end. Also, I discovered while doing uh, covering you for the uh, the Raw reviews things like that when you were away mm. that it's Samson, not Sampson. Yeah, 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 Samson. I've called him Samson ever since he debuted. Yeah. Even when I was doing NXT reviews for Flicker and Myth back in the day, I think I was calling him Samson then. No one called you out on it. No one They've called me out on like, it. <laughs> making fun behind your back, I'm afraid. It's like when I first discovered that Bailey was spelled different to how I thought it was spelled. Oh, you thought it was a B-A-I-L-E-Y. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it did go long. I, but I, like you said, I've just, I really enjoy watching Finn Balor wrestle. He's like that Cesaro. I don't mind who he wrestles. I just want to watch him do it. When he's not concussed. I mm-hmm. think he goes down a bit when he's concussed. <laughs> yeah. He can still wrestle a pretty good match. Well, I mean, let's uh, not forget. Let's not forget like SummerSlam last year when he like popped out his shoulder, um, like, uh, you know, very early on in the match. And then he still worked a hell of yeah. a match against Rollins. And you don't realize how bad that injury is until he was telling the story in the, the 24 documentary they did when he's at the top of the ramp and the cameraman shouts to him, you need to lift the title up. And he literally goes, I can't. Mm. Did, did you ever hear the the story? It was like Sammy, I think it was Sammy Zayn was backstage. And Zayn was like, oh my God, Balor's a genius. Balor's, when he didn't raise the title. Mm. Because that was the night the Universal title was unveiled. And it got so much heat from the crowd. Everyone was booing the design. And it's because he did eventually. Looks like yeah, red he, flesh. He, <laughs> yeah. Because he eventually did lift it up. Mm. And Balor tells the stories that as I did it, my arm just went crunch, 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 crunch. Yeah. Oh. But Zane backstage was like, oh, he's a genius. He's not lifting it. So, you know, he doesn't take away. He doesn't want the heat for, to go to the belt. It was a bit That's a bit. real smart. Was a heat magnet. Yeah, but Balor was like, nope, just couldn't physically put it up <laughs> over my head. Uh, so Bray Wyatt uh, appeared out of nowhere, of course, perfectly legal and a no DQ match mm-hmm. it's a good way to have a not definitive you know it's a definitive winner within the confines of the rules of the match interference is fine so Elias Samson looks good Finn Balor can transition onto his next feud with Bray yeah I this is the kind of booking I like and it actually it, this elevates uh, Finn back up now because while it was really good to get kind of Samson kind of up to that that upper mid card level mm. this puts Fowler 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 Balor higher again because Bray's just coming off his wins against Seth Rollins mm. who was you know it's a former uh, long WWE champion and United States champion things like that so now it feels like these are two like very upper echelon uh, an upper echelon yeah. feud for him now after uh, Samson it's a shame they can't come up with a better model of feud for Balor than just oh, so I mean uh, Wyatt than just I'm going to appear on the Titantron in your matches now. Yeah. Oh, because I mean, I'm going to prove you're a phony. That's what we've got for the next four weeks. That's yeah. what we've got to look forward to the next four weeks. Okay. Do you want to hear a theory that I have? Oh. This is very out there. But Bray Wyatt... Put, oh, my God. Oh, there, oh my the microphone's God. down. Bray Wyatt put out a tweet, I think it was last night, mm. uh, and it was just like, the, the best way to obey is to disobey. And it was a picture of the old Wyatt family. Him, Luke, Eric, Braun, the good old family album. And everyone's like, oh my God, he's teasing a Wyatt family reunion. Now that doesn't really work with where everyone is in the story. Of course, Braun's gone on to bigger things. But Luke and Eric haven't been doing anything on SmackDown at the moment. Unless they've been attacking Bruzango. Unless it's been the Bruzango thing. But maybe they're doing that because they're back under Bray's spell at... But over at SummerSlam, so mm. sorry, over at, over at SmackDown. So they were, the Wyatt family is now cross brands. Excellent, love that. Yeah, who has and if he's feuding with Bella, 
Who is associated with Ballard that recently has been working as a babyface team? Galanderson. Galanderson. Too sweet. And what's the next pay-per-view? SummerSlam. It's a dual brand pay-per-view. Yeah. Could you have a Wyatt Family versus Balor Club feud? Could if it's working towards that? I would, I would be so down for that, um, especially because I was going to come onto the the, t- the tag team situation. Mm. So I think that'd be a really good way to get Galanderson, not so much away from the tag titles, but just put them into a different tag title uh, or t- a tag feud. Right. Yeah. I think that'd be really awesome for SummerSlam. So that I mean that's how, if. I, I, that would be what I would like to happen. Maybe yeah. they've got something better in store. I don't want to see just a a Bray Balor, the usual Bray feud thing going on. Because then, if you have the multi-man, the, the tag match, the six-man tag match at SummerSlam, then you can build the feud through that. Mm-hmm. And you can actually build up to a Wyatt versus Balor singles feud as the blow-off, yeah. rather than the first thing you do. Uh, next up, we had Big Cass beating Enzo Amore. This felt like it went on forever. Yeah, and it's um, it's just the same. Th- I think it, it it was relatively short. I think it was like a three-minute squash match. Mm. But because we've seen this for about five weeks now, Enzo coming out, cutting an impassioned promo, getting beaten by Big Cass, and then Big Show comes out and also gets beaten by Big Cass. Mm. I think that's where the yeah, tediousness I was, I was, comes I was from. a bit tired from it. I have turned a corner on his entrance music, though. Oh, yeah? So that's at least yeah, one positive I could tell. I did hate it. Dave Meltzer noted on Wrestling Observer Radio, and I thought was interesting as well, is that whether Cass can actually draw heat away from Enzo. So the Meltzer's theory is that mm. people are booing him at the moment because he's beating up Enzo, who's a very popular babyface, and they don't like Cass because he broke up the team. But what happens when Cass moves on to another feud away from Enzo? Uh, is he still going to have that same heat? Yeah. Because I, I guess Enzo can fight Cass through proxy, through Big Show. Mm-hmm. So Enzo can be in Big Show's corner at SummerSlam. Enzo would preferably be very injured. That would get him out of why he can't fight. Yeah, but then like after that, where does Cass go? Can he still draw the heat? Hopefully he would have built up enough in that feud. Hopefully. Uh, Emma has been with the company five years as of last Monday, I believe. Is it really been five she years? She posted and she was like great way to celebrate my five-year anniversary <laughs> sitting backstage at raw because she wasn't featured and she she was obviously okay that was approved that tweet because this week it's sort of built into her going up to kurt angle saying i want a match this should be about this lady mm-hmm. and as well it should and uh kurt booked her in a match against nia Jax as punishment because emma was like well Maybe I might start dating Jason Jordan. Maybe that's a way to get a, a head round here. And then of- Kurt just cop blocked <laughs> his own son and put her in a match against Nia Jax. I mean, in all fairness to him, it worked wonders for Michelle McCall. You know, she didn't have to go on the road when she was dating The Undertaker. Yeah. I mean, if I was Jason Jordan, I would be furious with my newfound part. It's like, you have no right to play the overprotective father mm. right now. You haven't, you didn't even know me until the other month. So, Did you see the uh, skits with Chad Gable and Daniel Bryan? On Smacking Talk. Smacking Talk. Smacking, talking, no, Smacking Talk. Yeah, yeah Smacking, smacking talk. talk. Yeah, we yeah. Were, you were right the first time. You made me question it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he he sent out a tweet uh, joking that he was the father of Chad Gable. Mm. And then they did like a reveal on their tout exclusive uh, Smacking brilliant. Talk. Damn, it was funny. It's really good. It's in today's news. If you wanna, <laughs> yes. if you wanna watch the not watch it, but listen to me talk about it. You don't want to watch the actual <laughs> funny thing and listen to me recap all the best jokes. That's what better place than the Wrestle Talk News. Absolutely, I touch your hand there. Yeah. Uh, so 
one notable thing about this, apart from poor Emma, is Nia Jax's awesome new finisher. Well, is this a new finisher? I, I mean, hope so. I hope it is as well, because remember that was that period when she first debuted, she was doing a different finish every single week, because yeah. it just felt like she can't do any of these safely. Mm. Um, and I would like to think, because this poor old Emma, she, looked like she was absolutely crushed. It was wonderful. It yeah. was absolutely brilliant. I like it when wrestling moves look real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's a, what would you call it? A somersault senton. Yeah, it was a senton, basically. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah some so, sort of someone senton, said yeah. it was a leg drop. It definitely wasn't a leg drop. No. If it was, she <laughs> overshot massively because she landed fully on Emma on just her back. Uh, I think it looked great. I would love to see. What was her old finisher? Well, she, like used to do, she used to do the running leg drop. Mm-hmm. She was doing the Samoan drop for a bit. I think she did a TKO for a while. She's just she's had a lot of finishes. And every single one of them is. I've watched it gone like, oh, dear. That one. Like well, this is fun. my favourite of all of them so far, yes. so hopefully she keeps it. And next up we had, because this was the first show in forever that didn't have a Cruiserweight match. Oh, good, it didn't, did it? This was a Cruiserweight segment, but there was no five-minute match. Yeah. Tell you first the purple ring tape, <laughs> and now the actual matches themselves. Man alive. Neville's just going to slowly fade like the Back to the Future photos. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Akira Tozawa... Arguing with Titus. Brand. Oh, worldwide. There we go. I think we should make that a thing. That was Titus. Worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, they've got this dissension thing going on, which I thought was started off very poorly last week because it was like this mega beatdown angle in a three-minute match. It's not as vicious. You haven't got enough time to tell that story. So it didn't come off well. However, this follow-up, if you ignore how it started, was very well played out. Titus was... Titus... Worldwide was trying to convince Akira. Can't not believe you gave me that bit. YouTube doesn't like me enough as it is. Now you're giving me the annoying bit. I'm getting you over. <laughs> I'm giving you something. I'm working with the young guys. <laughs> so Titus doesn't want Akira to wrestle because he's genuinely concerned about his client. Akira, fighting spirit of the Japanese, he wants to go out and fight. So both guys, you can you can see where they're coming from, which is which is nice. Uh, Akira goes out there. I think he slaps Titus at one point. Mm. Like, Let me fight. Neville comes out. They have a confrontation. So that feud doesn't seem to be done. But then Araya Davari, of all people, the guy who beat down Akira Tazawa last week, is the chap who runs down and lays them both out. I was really pleased to see that, actually. I was. It's good to get, get some fresh faces uh, in the Cruiserweights division. And, um, I, and I really like that they're not just doing a, another one-on-one feud and building it as a three-way feud instead because that's just it's something a bit different for the cruiserweights yeah you need more multi-person matches i was WWE just about right i was just about to say the downside of that is that we don't need any more multi-person matches hey but if anyone can pull off really good multi-person matches it's the cruiserweights absolutely like some of the best cruiserweight matches in wwe have been those those five-person elimination matches mm. for the number one contender spots featuring oh, featuring was- uh, austin aries one of them was featuring Austin Aries. I preferred the previous one. I think it was the one before Fastlane that Jack Gallagher won. Yes, that was really good. Yeah, <coughs> sorry, he did was... the Mary Poppins spot off the oh, was, top. Yeah, that was such a good match. So, and I, I really wish that the, I mean I'm going to be beating a, a drum that's been beaten well, uh, well hard by mm-hmm. this point for to use a terrible to coin a phrase, a turn of phrase. Um, just use the cruiserweights better. Like the best thing about the cruiserweights and the way that WCW used to use them was that they would open the show and they would do some big high flying exciting stuff and the crowd would be like, oh well yeah, now we're pumped up and then it's brilliant because then you just like they're in theory then hot for the rest of the night as opposed to I don't know cutting a twenty minute promo. WWE is easy. 
Just use cruiserweights better. That's all I'm That's asking. That's what Luke's saying. I mean, people keep saying in the comment section, like, you guys need to be commentating on SmackDown or, like, on the writing team. Man, if I was on the writing team, that'd be the first thing I'd have said. Like, hey, Vince, I don't know if you've thought about this. Have you thought about using the cruiserweights better? Hey, kid, <laughs> you got a point here. <laughs> hey, kid, pal. This kid's got moxie. Get me um, Kevin Dunn in here. I need to come up. I haven't come up with a wrestle sketch concept yet for this, <laughs> this week's episode. I'm, I'm trying to. It's obviously going to be something about the the sun. I haven't done anything about the illegitimate sun story. Uh, okay, yeah. Great balls of fire has passed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be yet. Uh, but I back to the cruiserweights. Arai Davari. I just that's great. But you've got a you've got Cedric Alexander. You've got Rich Swan. Yeah, no, but the problem, the problem is though they're all they're all um, well, apart from Noam Dar, they're all uh, um, Americans, so they can't hate America. That's a good Whereas point. Whereas Araya Davari, he can hate America. He was the one who I was trying to think of last week. I uh, we were joking about how every heel mm. on SmackDown hates America. Um, Kevin Owens, Rusev, and and Jinder, and I said, oh, and there was one on Raw as well, but I couldn't think who it was. It was Davari because he's cutting go. promos about how his Olympians are better than American ones. And of course, Neville is from Middle Earth. <laughs> next up, we have oh, Bailey. Bless him. Next up, we have Bailey beating Sasha Banks. My girl, in, my girl Bailey, in a cracking match. I really enjoyed this. Of course, it would be. I mean, these two work very, very well together. They're both excellent. Uh, and my girl won. There were there was two. So. There were two backstage segments this week that had fantastic lines. We'll come on to the the best one later in the main event. But here, Sasha Banks was so so preoccupied with beating Alexa Bliss because of what Bliss had said earlier. She's like, I can't wait to just get my hands on Bliss at SummerSlam and beat her up and win the title. And Bailey's standing right next to her. They're friends. And Bailey just goes, you've got to beat me first. Mm-hmm. And that was a nice story. And then... They, the, the actual match itself, they were quite hesitant. They were having a respectful match. And then I think Sasha did a wicked arm twist into the turnbuckle on Bailey, And Bailey just came up, looked at her. And then they started trading fists real hard. That was, that was nice. Good match. Uh, yeah, and it was a good match overall. Told a good story within the action of the match, which is what I like in wrestling. Don't like Sasha's frog splash, though. Oh, God, look. I mean, I compared it to CM Punk's diving elbow as a tribute to Randy yeah. Savage. Uh, this is an awful tribute to Eddie Guerrero. That is a that is an ugly-looking frog splash, considering as well that Kevin Owens does one on SmackDown and does it so much better. Yeah, it was... Oh, I didn't... Yeah, I just... Also, it just landed right on her knees. Yeah. It's not even... It's like, I'm just going to do a weak old lady crunch <laughs> in midair. I just worry about her it's knees, man. Anything. Worry about her knees. Uh, yeah, but Bailey rolled that through. I'm not sure how you... It's not like you. she took the momentum and rolled it through. But it's a bit Because like, it's like it's, Sasha landed and then Bailey just took... But like, Bailey, you took all the impact there. Have you, have you never seen that before? Uh, Rob Van Dam got pinned in TNA from hitting his frog splash. Um, he hit the frog splash. Can you remember like RVD hits it and then like sells it oh, a little he, bit? Like he, he bounces yeah, yeah, off and then he goes like, that. ooh, it's a great bit of selling. I remember there was, it was like a multi-person match. Then someone ran in. Didn't pin the person he'd hit pinned Rob Van Dam because he was selling his own frog splash that he oh, just that's, hit. That's weak. And I, uh, I, you haven't seen Great Balls, have you? Because you were Still away. Still no, 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 I haven't caught up with that. Uh, t- uh, Jeff Hardy was pinned by doing a swanton. He did a swanton on uh, either Sheamus or Cesaro and then either Sheamus or Cesaro rolled him up afterwards and no, pinned him. That's no good. No, it's not. Uh, I, I love the way Rob Van Dam, even if he won, he'd still, with his arm yeah. raised, he'd still be selling the core from the Frog Splash. During my uh, my 2001 rewatches that I've been doing, mm-hmm. um, so the invasion is full on now. They've just had the invasion pay-per-view because I've been a little bit behind on watching them, so I'm kind of getting back into it now. 
RVD is being featured every single week on Raw in the opening match as well, defending his hardcore title, and the, the amount they're putting him over. Like even Jim Ross, who's there being like, oh, I hate the Alliance, I think the Alliance is stupid, I think WCW sucks. He's like, I think this Rob Van Dam kid's got a lot of, got a lot of talent. I wish he was over here in the WWE yeah, yeah. Where, where the cool kids are. Well, he's just, he's so undeniably good. Some people just don't really work as heels. So, yeah, yeah it's nice that they were smart enough to recognise that. Absolutely, yeah. Speaking of some people, maybe they just don't fit the babyface mould. <laughs> Sasha Banks, I think this is this is the second time recently that she's lost. And the way Banks Banks was there afterwards when Bailey pinned her, she didn't get angry. She was just sitting there like, ah. mm. I can see that playing into a heel turn. Hopefully at SummerSlam. Yes. Banks on Bailey. I agree. It's got to come. It's got, it, I mean, it's been coming since WrestleMania, so yeah. it's about time. <coughs> She's so much better as a heel than she is a baby face. Yeah, the boss. Like, yeah. oh, you're a boss. Yeah, you, that's a heel gimmick, what you've got right now. That's million dollar also like uh, the Ted DiBiase. If, and if you're going to do a, a, a Banks-Bailey feud, Banks being the heel is so much better mm. uh, against Bailey. It's, it's going to work really well. Uh, Jason Jordan beat Kurt Hawkins. Now, Kurt Angle, uh, in his promo earlier in the, in the night, the backstage one he did when he was talking about how great his son is, mm-hmm. um, when Emma came up to him, said, like, oh, I'm going to give Jason Jordan his first Raw match, and it's going to be uh, putting him against some real competition. That competition is Kurt Hawkins. And I was like, I mean, I guess that that's what Kurt Hawkins' role is, is to be a job guy and try and, like, help get a guy's over. But if I'm the GM... And I want to give my son some real competition. Yeah. I'm not putting him against Kurt Hawkins, whose gimmick is I lose. Yeah, I'm the star maker. People, I, I lose to people, and then they're more famous. <laughs> I am the star maker. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm not going to show preferential treatment to my newfound son. Yep. Here's a really easy match. But I, I really enjoyed this match because... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jordan wrestled not like the rest of the roster. He he really had that amateur wrestling style working through the match. Mm-hmm. I just like seeing that. I love I, it when Kurt Angle does and it. I agree. And I, I just hope that he is talented enough, which I think he is because he's a super talented wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be really good. But I just hope that he's got enough charisma and moxie about him that he can overcome this hindrance of an angle. Yeah, it'd be no interesting pun intended. to see. Uh, the, Kurt was, was I liked how they, well. they cut to backstage and Kurt's watching. On a, properly on a TV yeah. as well. Because that brings, face onto it. It brings so much more. It's a, it's a whole new dynamic to the match. You've got someone watching and you've got their emotions as well playing into the match itself. It does heighten it so when it's done correctly and I thought this was a good example of that. And like you said, he was pretty much front on. That's how you watch a telly, people in WWE, uh, and, which is a theme that continued throughout the night because Sheamus and Cesaro were also backstage scouting competition in the tag division. Love that they were wearing their sunglasses as well. Yeah. <laughs> the first up was Revival beating Galanderson, only off the back of a Hardy Boys uh, distraction, mm-hmm. which really, you know, you thought that would advantage Galanderson. Galanderson were weirdly working babyface here. Well, which they have been on main events, working yeah, against the Revival. Yeah, like, no one cares about main events. Ma- main events is not canon. Yeah, this is the first time it's happened on real WWE continuity. And they walked down, uh, interrupting the Revival's heel promo. And what did they say? Oh, yeah, all the good... Bro- we know this is a good brother town here in... I think it was Washington, yeah. D.C. And it, my other favourite line was just like, you, keep, you claim you're top guys, but all I see is top... Nerds! Oh, I, I just love hearing him say it. I, Nerds! But where where was Anderson's laugh? <laughs> I need more of that in my life. I know. It's I mean, so good. They could be a really good comedy kind of babyface kind of heel but, but tag but team. At the same time, like they they're comedy uh, uh, goofy acts because they call people nerds, and you got Anderson going like. <laughs> But they're also badasses in the yeah. ring, and they like, and that's what you, the problem is. You like comedy, uh, funny don't make money. But if you can be a badass at the same time, then it works fine. The Rock it was a classic example of that. Rock was funny, but in the ring, he the comedy stopped and the badassery began. See, I see Edge and Christian a little bit of Edge and Christian in in their act. Absolutely, uh, I, I would love for them to really get a push because when they first debuted last year, it was they were pretty much just killers. They didn't have a comedic mm-hmm. slang to it, and it was all about being mean and making green but now i think they've they've got it now if they can ju- if wwe can just bring that through more and, and develop it but what's going to happen if they do uh the 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 club and then um Ballard comes in is he going to start calling people nerds or i think you're a nerd you leave well that's the point of having a faction around <laughs> Balor so he doesn't talk <laughs> uh so this match yeah so revival beat glanderson when the hardy boys came out and Galanderson were a little bit distracted, so Revival rolled them up. But Hardy's a feuding with Revival. I don't mind. I like everyone hating each other. Mm-hmm. So that's not too bad. And the, and then in the main event, Shimaro was still watching. And at first I thought, God, are they, are they giving like the Miztourage, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel a push, potentially for the tag team titles? It took me until this morning when I'm writing the notes to think... 
maybe they're building a shield reunion that's, at Somerset. That's what I figured they're doing. Because I think I'm hoping you're right in that Galanderson are going to move away from this uh, Hardy's revival thing to go work with Bala with the uh, the Wyatts. That'd be so awesome. Mm-hmm. Then you can have the revival in the Hardys as their little mini feud, and then yeah, you move because it felt like that Seth and Dean were moving away from the Miz because Dean pinned him clean as a sheet, and yep. it was Miz they pinned. You thought they put the Miz in there to take the pinfall, but Miz took the pinfall. At three guys as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you can move then you move them on, and you could like because <clears throat> what I, I I picture now, and this is kind of like this is fantasy booking, uh, not fantasy booking warfare. We're not at war with each other here. We're, we're collaborating because the key for this we could talk about the promo in a minute but the key for me at the moment of this was when they won and Dean was celebrating and he was a madman celebrating I've mostly been into Dean in ages and he hugged Seth Rollins and Rollins went to go sort of hug him back and he just moved away and he rolled out of the ring but Rollins went to do the fist bump and he just rolled out the ring and just moved away my dream is that if they do announce they're going to have this match at SummerSlam it's going to be uh, Rollins and Ambrose against Shamaro that every week it's going to be about the build to the fist bump yeah and then on the final week the fu- the go home show that's your closing that's your closing moment is that he finally does the fist bump and the shield are united and now they're a, uh, they're a united force going against Shimaro. God, that would be great. Be nice. What a moment that will be. What a lovely gesture as well. Yeah. Just it all boils down to that simple act. It's not it's not complicated. Hey WWE, just do it better. Just just use the cruiserweights better. So let's talk about that promo. Okay, well, this, this backstage segment. This is I think this is the best storyline in WWE right now. Who'd have thought like 3 weeks ago that Dean Ambrose mm. would be involved in the best storyline in WWE know, right now? Just needed to get away well, still with Miz, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh Seth Rollins and Dean are backstage in the locker room and Seth's going like, I think we need to prepare more. We need a strategy. We're two guys. We're going up against three. We've got I'm three. the architect. Yeah, I'm the architect. We've got three guys to worry about. Dean looks at him and says, you've got three guys to worry about. I've got four. In reference to Seth betraying him all those years ago, it's still fresh in Dean's mind, as it would be. And Seth has only just recently, you know, since WrestleMania, it's only a couple of months ago, really, that he started being the fully repentant, I'm sorry. He only properly apologised for turning on the shield like a month or two ago. Yeah, absolutely. So Dean is totally understandable. And it's, it's I love it when you can see all sides, like everyone's motivations. I can empathise with the good guy. I can empathise with the bad guy. But overall, morality-wise, the good guy should win. It's the same here, where I can totally see why Dean doesn't want to just immediately make up with Seth. Yeah. And Seth is playing it perfectly. He's like, I'm here when you need me. I know I did wrong. Um, but I'm, I want to prove myself. Yeah. And, sh- and show that we can be friends again. Yeah, I'm not going to rush it. I'm just going to stand here. And this is my penance. Spoilers. It's the end of Glow. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I just... And it's been told so so acutely. It's, it's a very, very uncharacteristically subtle storyline. The WWE are doing it right now. They're pacing it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I just hope they they continue that on through to SummerSlam. As do I. That'd be great. Chris Jericho returned. Who saw that coming? No one, apparently. Yeah, that wasn't even in any rumours. No. I didn't see... Usually you get, oh, look who I just saw in the airport. Or yeah. look who I just saw drive into the arena. None of that. None of that. And, like, yeah. you know, we came into the studio this morning to talk about Smacky D, as we often do on a, on a Wednesday. And uh, you, we were talking about this, this supposed uh, botched finish mm. at Battleground between Owens and Styles, that Owens wasn't supposed to win 
and there was a mess there's a miscommunication and that's why Owens won which is why the, the finish seemed a bit weird but I felt that as soon as Jericho came out I was like oh that's why Owens won because you need Owens as champion to set up the Jericho surprise return yeah that, maybe, that, that maybe was the Jericho with the Jericho deal to come back only happened on Sunday yeah yeah, yeah, maybe that—that's what I, I figured, something like that. It's very confusing. Yeah, so what happened? Owens comes out. He says, uh, "I'm going to start up the open challenge next week." What a heel! Some good heat from the crowd. Uh, AJ come out and says, "AJ come out." AJ came out and said, "I want my rematch." Owens like, "No, you're not." And then, yeah, Jericho's music hit. Yeah, break the walls down. Owens sold it so well. Owens was the MVP of this whole show. His facial reactions and in the the main event as well was absolutely awesome. He sold Jericho's return brilliantly. I loved him. Yeah, I, I wasn't. It's going to become apparent. I wasn't that into this episode. I think mm, I'm in the minority. Here you are. I think you are. From what I've read, everyone everyone really likes. It. I thought this show was rad. So so this so Jericho comes back. He does the list gimmick. McMahon comes out. Uh, we're not going to have a match between you three for WrestleMania or SummerSlam. We're going to have it right here tonight in Phoenix. Georgia. No, it was Flair Country somewhere. Was it? Yeah, because yeah, well, Charlotte did the strut and everything. She always bonkers. does that. Yeah, but it was more, more than oh, okay. usual. They put it over. They like, Man. yeah, it's in Flair Country. <laughs> uh, anyway, wherever it was. So, I just thought. Of all the great Chris Jericho returns and debuts, you know, I think of the Y2J debut countdown in the in the uh, late 90s. I think of the 2013 Royal Rumble. I was about to say the Royal Rumble's when my favourite, yeah. Yeah, I was in... Uh, it was number two. Yeah, against Dolph Ziggler. It's fantastic. This was... Oh, uh, he just comes out in the opening segment to interrupt a promo. But it was uh, I, and you'd have thought as well that he'd have been uh, full of more piss and vinegar, considering what Owens did to him after Extreme Rules. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so you'd have thought he'd have been a bit more angry about that whole thing. But I just, I really liked the, you know, the surprise nature of it. You, there's, the, you don't often get surprises in in WWE. It's like the, uh, God, I did a cut angle there, WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like, like Carly at Battlegrounds. Where I was like, oh my god, Carly's back! And no, no one had been reporting that Carly was going to come back. I just like it when you get surprises that aren't, uh, aren't haven't been reported or rumored. A nice surprise. So I think a surprise is a very cheap emotion because yeah, of course it is. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, th- there's nothing to there's nothing really behind this surprise for me. It is just a surprise. It I'm is saying, just a pop. I'm not saying this is a classic Jericho surprise, yeah. and I think they probably should have done it better. WWE just do things better, but um. At the same time, it was a nice surprise, and it was a nice opening for the show. I enjoyed it. I just, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I just wasn't hot on it. And it next up, we had Shinsuke Nakamura beating Baron Corbin. Clean. Why didn't they have this match at the pay per view? Because the match they had at the pay per view was dog. I need to then dog poop awful. Mm. But this was grand. It was slightly better, this I was, thought. This was, uh, it was much better compared to the pay-per-view yeah. outing. It was a lot harder. Bear in mind, like the, the match they had on Sunday was nothing more than just a load of bear hugs mm. and rest holds. And the crowd were just dead throughout. This, though, this was... There was no... There was one rest hold spot during the commercial break, but the rest of it was just hard-hitting uh, action. And I was down for that. Maybe I was in a bad mood this morning. Maybe you were. But I, I was Was it because you stepped in dog poop yesterday and that's just soured your mood? Ah, uh, that was so annoying. <laughs> that was so annoying. Like that's something you do as a kid, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I stepped in dog poop. Uh, but no, I just I was walking around. 
in the park and yeah stepped in dog poop and then like, on, on my new shoes that i bought <laughs> on saturday so that was a, a weird thing to happen yeah maybe that was just playing on your mind too much i don't know because i was up for smackdown i just think sometimes when things lose favor for me it takes a while to earn back that trust uh and smackdown has been so below average like not awful it hasn't been awful it's just been below average uh just this it felt like spasms of life in a, mm-hmm. in a weird flinging out way that didn't have much thought behind it. Uh, Corbin lost clean, which is good because Nakamura has a big match next week that we'll come on to. But it's just the standard Corbin is the money in the bank briefcase winner, so we'll just beat him all the time now. Mm-hmm. Beat him like a drum because he's got the... Uh, yeah. uh, also, um, so we got a couple of messages yesterday about um, uh, Plumpy saying uh, money in the bank lunchbox on uh, on his review mm. and I think I know what I think that's a parody because apparently a band's term in WWE now is money in the bank briefcase oh yeah yeah I've heard that yeah, yeah they, they can only say contract so briefcase is the term because they don't want briefcase to be like the desired thing because no one really wants a briefcase they mm. want what's inside the briefcase it's a crazy world crazy world uh, but yeah that was that wasn't anything though. no uh, the Charlotte and Becky Lynch match against Tamina and Lana was next. Mm-hmm. Another match I was very unimpressed with. Well, as soon as Charlotte came out, I I think I before they even asked tag match, I was like, I'm going to bet this is a tag match mm. with, with Becky Lynch. Because uh, again, I think this is building towards a uh, well. Actually, maybe this isn't building towards a Becky Charlotte feud. But I'll tell you what was interesting about this match. There was a couple of lines of commentary that suddenly started to make this Tamina Lana uh, pairing makes sense oh yeah so uh the insider byron saxton probably the worst nickname that a man has ever been given ever because mm. he's insider nothing um he said i saw them i i saw them eating lunch and it looked like neither of them wanted to be there but they were forced to be there and there were a couple of lines of dialogue about how it feels like someone is paying tamina to be protective of lana Oh, and that's why they have this dynamic and this relationship so when Lana got pinned Tamina was just like why have I been saddled with you of all people why have Did I been Rusev's saddled with you paying a little bit of money but to help it Lana could, it could be I don't know but that was like what was put over on commentary so all of a sudden I'm now because like, this, this Tamina Lana um, pairing hasn't made sense for weeks on end it's just been like, it was kind of just sort of thrown together and it hasn't really, it didn't really pay off in any way mm. but all of a sudden now it feels like oh this could be a an interesting story, a storyline on SmackDown. I, I don't know about it. I'm not. I'm really not into it. The especially with all the Lana Naomi title shots. Uh, I just I don't see where it's going and where I, what where I can't see any direction that it can go in that isn't rubbish. Mm-hmm. And Tamina isn't a good performer. No, it's got. She was. I mean, she was bad on Sunday, but mm. yeah, she was bad in this match as well. And Lana the timing's is, awful. Yeah, Lana is is not a good wrestler. She looked really out of place on Sunday in mm. Sunday's match. Uh, and I just don't. I I don't really get behind the oh they're rubbish, but they're trying. I mean, I guess there's ways for it to be done, like Mikey Whipwreck in mm-hmm. ECW, but this is not it. Uh, can I can I ask a bigger talking point about this match? Yeah. What is this thing that Charlotte and Becky do? Oh, this tea thing. The tea thing, yeah. What is that? I think it's a reference to something. Just you know, oh, we're just drinking tea, having a maybe it's tea time with Santino. <laughs> I don't know that great segment from all those years ago. I 
when before Becky Lynch came out, I was like, Charlotte is smiling way too much here. Did you see how much he was smiling? Uh, I did not see how much he was and smiling. And Becky Lynch came out. And I saw her smile then. And yeah. she's doing like a, a thing and it cuts to Charlotte and Charlotte is smiling way too hard. And I was like, She's turning heel. Well, that's what I figured. Yeah. I figured that's where this direction is going. That they're going to Charlotte is mirroring the Sasha Bailey feud on Raw. Mm. That Charlotte is going to turn heel on Becky Lynch. Or actually, I would much rather Becky Lynch turn heel on Charlotte and change up that dynamic, mm. um, which I, I sort of mildly fantasy booked on uh, Monday's video. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's the direction I'd like to go. But I'd like to see those two face off at SummerSlam. So really. Nothing happened in the bit that's interesting and the bit that's rubbish. Something kind of happened. Sort of, yeah. Great. Jinder Mahal uh, came out to demand a SummerSlam opponent. He, I want... he came out to cut his Jinder Mahal promo of the week. I want to find out who my SummerSlam opponent is. <laughs> I want to find out who my SummerSlam opponent is. He's like, some people can talk low and get away with it. Chris Jericho, Jake the Snake Roberts. It's a way to draw people in so everyone gets quiet and they focus on what you're saying. Problem is, the content of what you say has to be really, really good, and your delivery has to be good as well, and and sort of engaging. Jinder is just saying the things that he's been given to tell. He's so... I'm going to speak to the people in my own language oh. in the exact same way, but just in a different way. He's so uh, robotronic mm. with his delivery. And it's such a shame as well, because when he made his entrance, it's sometimes, week by week this happens, he makes his entrance, and I'm like... He looks great. Like, he looks great. His entrance looks awesome, especially when he's got the Singh brothers flanking him. I was like, he looks like a champion. I know he was a jobber yeah, six months ago, but he looks great. And he looks great in a suit, and he's he looks awesome. Then he starts cutting a pro, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're Jinder Mahal. I forgot mm. about that. You, he's, not, he's fine on the mic. It's just very robotronic, and it's just not very interesting. I read an interview with him in, a, in an Indian like on an Indian website, I think it was the Hindustan Times. And he was talking about how he used to be very shy at public speaking. He used to hate cutting promos, but now he's worked on it and he's, he's gone into where he is today. And I just thought it sh that, that fear still shows that there's no confidence in your delivery. Mm. You really, like you said, you're robotic. It's a shame. So John Cena comes out and he's like, I'm American. <laughs> I want the match. You're not. Yeah, and Daniel Bryan was like, well... And actually, this is the other thing I really uh, liked about this segment as well, because John Cena came out, and he's just like, I'm John Cena, and I'm going to be the record-breaking 17-time world champion, yada, yada, yada. And then I, as soon as he announced it, and John Cena's music hit, I was like, I thought SmackDown was the land of opportunity where you're meant to earn your spot. Why, how can John Cena just come out and demand these matches? And then Daniel Bryan came out and essentially said what I was thinking mm. and said, like, you've got to earn your matches or earn these these titles. Unless you're Lana. <laughs> Unless you're Lana. But then he announced a match for next week. Yeah, so this is... Um, so, like, with the Chris Jericho return and, and this, it's just things that are happening that I don't I don't like the sound of. So John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the number one contendership for Jinder Mahal's title at SummerSlam. I mean, imagine just thinking like just doing that match for next week. Like I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the match isn't going to go ahead. That's what I'm thinking. Baron Corbin runs in, but then I don't want the Nakamura Baron Corbin feud well, to exactly, continue. Yeah. What I would rather is actually them to because my dream scenario for SummerSlam is Cena Nakamura in a one-on-one -on -one match. I think that would be an awesome stage to do it on. Um, or you know, Cena Jinder, but then where'd you put Nak? But I don't want to see Nakamura facing off against Baron Corbin anymore. 
as much as I enjoyed their match they had uh, on on this week's show, you've seen it. I've seen it now. Yeah. I've seen and I've seen Nakamura win, so I don't really need to see them face off again. So yeah, I'd rather just see Cena Nakamura as like a dream match. Excuse me for SummerSlam, rather than them just do it for free on SmackDown next week with a one week build. With a one week build, it's it's really it, it can't, it's, it's not going ahead. It can't go ahead. What? I'm I'm not that confident. I think this is easily something that could go ahead. Uh, or may, maybe Nakamura wins, but still, you've given away what should be a really big match. I hate it, and it's endemic of WWE's logic of booking, where we're going to build to a match by having that match. Yeah. So John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura will lead to John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Or, you know, the other way of doing that, which I prefer, is John Cena's winning loads of matches. Shinsuke Nakamura's winning loads of matches. Now they must collide. Yeah. So this is what is described as the network era of WWE, where, WWE, where you don't build towards pay-per-view matches or pay-per-view encounters because there's no pay-per-view business because everything's on the network. However, my counter-argument to, to that would be, why don't you treat the network era the same as you did the pay-per-view era? Make people build up to want to buy the network yeah. and watch these matches. Surely that's the aim. That's why we're doing all this. It's so people buy the goddamn network and give WWE $10 a month, like I or £10, like I do every month, because I want to see these matches. Yeah. Like, I don't understand the mentality of just like, ah, well, you know, it's on the network now, so we don't have to build to anything. Yes, you do. You have to buy, make people buy the damn thing. I completely, completely agree. Uh, Sami Zayn and Ty Dillinger took on Aiden English and Mike Kanellis next. Poor old Mike Kanellis. Yeah, because Sami Zayn, <coughs> excuse me, Sami Zayn pinned Mike Kanellis again, uh, again after Battleground it, with a haluva kick. He, he's, and, yeah, here's a funny five minutes. Here's a funny one for you. So I, I did note this on on the old Twitter machine as well. This match was advertised as like it's a revenge match. Because uh, Ty got beat by Aiden English on the Battleground pre-show, so now he was looking to get his revenge. And in the build-up of Sami Zayn coming out, they showed Mike and Maria uh, smashing a vase over his head, and then Mike pinning him uh, on the following week on SmackDown. And they never made mention that that Sami beat him at Battleground. And then when he pinned Mike and Alice, it was like, they literally said, Sami Zayn gets his revenge. I was like, are we supposed to forget that he got his revenge two days ago? Maybe WWE thought Battleground was so bad. They're just going to erase that from continuity as No, well. they've probably looked at the network numbers and be like, well, no one really watched this show, mm. did they? People probably watched 205 Live yeah, more. That as well. Uh, it's just, uh, when I watched this, I thought this feels like when we've got to get all the women on the show, <laughs> so let's book them in a tag match. Yeah, It's the same with the undercard division. And and Sami Zayn and Ty are down there. So, Ty, fine, but Sami Zayn could be so much more. Mike Kanellis should not be this low down no, three weeks and, and into his in ring career. And this is going to WWE career. This is going to kill him dead as well. Like this, this, this Sami feud. If it continues the way it's going, then Mike Kanellis will be nothing but a joke, and then he'll he'll never get any higher than he currently is, and he'll just end up as like the Luke Harpers and the Eric Rowans of this world, and barely on TV. Exactly. Which is a shame so what, what's the point of bringing him in? What's the point of bringing him in? And his tights are so great. Hmm. And his music. And his music's awesome. And he's got a good act. Like, that is a good... It's a limiting act, but it's a it's solid a act. Solid act. I touched so, your hand again. So they could do... Oh, I just... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, New Day, uh, they they were going to come out for their tag team title celebration. We got the, don't you dare be sour. <laughs> but then the, the mic cut out. It sounded like it dropped to the floor. 
and it's the Usos beating up the New Day backstage. They're they're thrown into the arena on the top of the entrance ramp. What did you see the way they threw uh, Kofi into the uh, yeah. the LED board? Holy camoly! Like he went right into the edge of it. It was terrifying. But this was good. This was that was a like I like this bit. But then like with many of the things on here on this episode of SmackDown, I just thought we're getting more matches between which I I like this feud, but. I can't see the next four weeks to SummerSlam being anything but Jay versus Kofi. Well, okay. Woods versus Jimmy. As long as they don't just... Because here's the thing as well. What made me laugh about the, the New Day Usos match at Battleground was like, this feud has been really hot. It's been really heated. Here's that segment they did three weeks ago. And you're like, that's that was really the... That was the culmination of their feud. And then you kind of treaded water until you got yeah. to the, the pay-per-view. What I hope is that they learn from that. That's a lot to ask. But they don't just do what you said then, just do Woods versus Jimmy, Kofi versus Jay, and then just keep sort of doing various mm. different variations of that until you get to SummerSlam. I'd like to see them do more angles, yeah. more storyline, more stuff like this. Yeah, and hopefully a ladder match at SummerSlam. <laughs> I want to see those two teams go at it there. I do like the feud. I just, I'm just, I don't think they're going to book it night the build nicely, so I'm not excited about it. And then the main event was a very good main event between AJ Styles, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. Your thoughts on this match? Great match. Really enjoyed it. Really, really great main event. I thought it was a better main event than what Raw did. So this is this is Grumpy Ollie coming out again. This is Grumpy Ollie. It was a good match. I enjoyed it. Uh, but there were just there were two spots. Was there something wrong with your cereal this morning when you I were watching? I, I don't eat cereal in the morning. That's a Saturday morning New Japan. Thing. <laughs> what do you eat in the morning when you're watching uh, uh, WWE? Well, I have the same breakfast every morning, which is uh, uh, mackerel and tomato and and scrambled for eggs. Breakfast, a bit of olive oil on that. Fish for breakfast is a common thing. Is it? Yes, but uh, the sugar industry has told you that cereal is okay. <laughs> uh, well, I have um, Weetabix. There you go. Is there sugar in wheat mix? I'm pretty sure there's probably a lot of sugar and stuff in there. Yeah, yeah there might be. Yeah. I have it with raisins and, and soy milk. Sometimes cashew milk if I'm feeling fruity. Oh, feeling or not fruity, feeling <laughs> <Yeah>. legumey. <laughs> so my my little bugbears with this, of course, the ending and how this makes you know that that marred it the most for me. But as I'm watching it, there was a bit when uh, when Styles came in, Chris Jericho hit the code breaker, first code breaker of the match, goes for the pin, one two kick out. I'm like, oh, well, you just... I don't know why it got to me, but I why just... Why did that get to you? That happens a lot. I Well, code break, you know, code breaker, that's his finisher. It's... So... Well, look, okay, here's here's another way of doing it, which protects it. So, AJ Styles comes in, code breaker, it was very near the ropes. AJ Styles just falls out the ring. And then you can have that brilliant shot of Jericho going, no! Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, I'm just going to go for pin. Why, why not make that? You've got more drama, and you protect that finisher. Then, the actual finish of the match, Kevin Owens pop-up powerbomb, Jericho kicks out at two, for, for no other reason than let's get a little bit of a pop, and then Owens climbs up to the top, frog splash, and that's what finishes off Jericho. Why not have the frog splash kick out at two, then the pop-up powerbomb, that puts up the pop, pop-up powerbomb over more, because there's a lot of time that, that passes between that move being hit and the actual pin being made because of the scuffle between Styles and Owens. I just... I. Maybe I'm in a bad mood. I think you're in a bad mood. I'm not saying you're wrong, because what you just said then is completely right. Yeah. However, I really enjoyed the match. I just... Yeah, I mean, it was a good match. I don't know. Like, I've just watched a lot of New Japan this week. <laughs> I think... Okay, this is your problem there, right there. Uh, that's my problem. My standards have been raised. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, it's just... It's, it's a common occurrence. Yeah, the... 
And then the actual finish of the match, which was AJ winning again after... So it's a two-day title reign for Kevin Owens. His new Face of America gimmick continues to be rubbish. His third reign in four months is now over. And it's going to be Kevin Owens and AJ Styles next week. And it's, it's that classic, well done WWE. You've made me not care about Owens and, and uh, AJ Styles. Can I tell you, give you my predictions of where this is heading? I think at SummerSlam, it's going to be AJ either... AJ Nakamura, uh, which was the tease they did last week, mm-hmm. or it will be AJ Chris Jericho for the United States Championship, and Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Because mm. Owens had a backstage segment with Shane where he was like, I don't like you, you don't like me, I don't think you should put me in this match, it's ridiculous for me to put me in this match where I could lose my title. And then after the match, after he lost, he said, this isn't fair, you winning is not fair, Shane McMahon putting me in this match is not fair. I wonder if they're going to do the fantasy booking you and I did for AJ versus Shane, but actually now do it with AJ, uh, with Shane and Kevin Owens. Because I can't see that happening at SummerSlam. I can see it happening at SummerSlam. SummerSlam's your big, like one of your big marquees. It's your big four. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's the, it's the third biggest event of the year after WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble. So you want to be getting your key players on that. And when you're, one of your big talents you've got there, one of your big names to put on the poster, is Shane McMahon. You've got to have, you've got to have Shane his featured match. He better do a helicopter spot. <laughs> so I I can almost see them building towards Owens versus Shane at SummerSlam. That's that's my prediction. I just uh, overall this I, I can see why people like SmackDown because of those newsworthy moments. But and you're perfectly entitled to your opinion. So I hope that you allow me mine. No, I I disagree with all the major decisions and the direction it seems to be going. And I'm not excited about most things on SmackDown right now. <laughs> So I've probably given away how I feel who won the war this week. Uh, I'm I'm just going to say now, I thought Raw was the better show. What about you, Luke? Uh, okay, so I thought Raw had a great opening and it had a very good main event and I enjoyed Bailey and Sasha Banks. But and a great storyline with Ambrose and Rollins weaving through. It was in two segments. One weaving of we- through? It was not really weaving through. It was two segments. The Seamus w- and Cesaro I will, watching from I will backstage. Agree, I will agree that I do think that uh, the, the, the Seth Dean stuff is the best stuff that's going on in WWE right now. In WWE, mm-hmm. as Kurt Angle would say. I do agree with that. But I thought there was an, there was almost too much of a lull in, in this week's Raw. There was like a good hour and a half where, where nothing was happening. Yeah. And I, I switched off and I completely turned off it. However, with SmackDown, I was totally into this week's SmackDown, so I'm actually going to go Smacky D. I'm, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think I, I mentioned something earlier on that I never followed up on, and that's how I rate uh, the shows. Because I, I gave this week's Raw a core in my four-minute review, and I said to you, as soon like you mentioned, as soon as I finished it, I was like, you know what? That I don't think that was a core. Because really, that's, like you said, there was an hour and a bit lull there in the middle. Um, it was two good segments on the show, and really, that should be the quality. That should be the standard quality of a raw episode. Anything above that is is core. So really, that would make that raw average. Mm. You know, that's what that's what you should ex- that quality of episode should be what you expect from Monday Night Raw. If it was a two-hour show, fantastic, but it would still be an average. Mm-hmm. Uh, but SmackDown this week, I just disagreed with the decision, so I, I had that at Ellsworthy. Uh, yeah, which, which is absolutely fine. Mm. And I, I, as I said, you're completely entitled to your uh, incorrect opinion. But um, um, for me, with SmackDown, it's because it's been so 
bad, not bad, but middling to average over the last what feels like a few like couple of months where it's just been weeks oh it, yeah months i guess since yeah the superstar shake-up. since the superstar shake-up every show has just felt the same which has just been random matches a couple of promos random matches at least here i felt like oh, okay storylines are happening there are teasers of, of future storylines mm. this is a good like almost like a good reset show and uh, I think that now we're in a position where we can actually start building on some things, creating some storylines, building some feuds. And that that's exciting. And that's probably why I think I'm going with SmackDown. And perhaps that's why I am rating SmackDown higher than it deserves to be. Perhaps that is the reason why. Mm. But I, I just really enjoyed this week's show. There wasn't a moment where I was like, I'm, I'm ready to switch off now, which I did have on Raw. Just those storylines and angles that they're building and starting. I don't think very good no, or, I mean, or yeah. leave a lot on the table. Yeah. Anyway, that's all we've got time for. What do you think? Who do you think won Raw or SmackDown? Should we get a poll up? Let's put a poll up for it. So vote in the poll and maybe we'll reveal the results. I don't know when, so, but do vote. Yeah. Uh, and of course, tell us your thoughts in the comments below. And if you want to catch up with the latest Wrestle Ramble or Wrestle Talk news, click the videos over Luke's face right now. Subscribe to Wrestle Talk to never miss a future episode. Support Wrestle Talk on Patreon. This has been Luke Owen. I've been Ollie Davis. And that was Rambling. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.